Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, section 16, chapter 183. His body is brought into the church. In the meantime, Philip's body was washed and clothed in priestly vestments in the usual manner, and it was carried down to the church on the shoulders of the fathers about an hour after midnight. All the members of the congregation followed the bier, and those who were not actually carrying him held lighted candles around the body. They sang psalms alternately as they went, It was a sight to reduce everyone to tears. As soon as the news of Philip's death became public, a huge crowd of all sorts of people began to gather to see the body. Those who came could not have enough of sating their eyes, their souls, on the blissful face of the holy man. And so they came to venerate our holy father, as he lay on his bier. The greatest of the cardinals of the Holy Roman Church, archbishops, bishops, monsignors of every rank, monks and friars, princes, and a vast throng of great ladies. We did not see anyone come who failed to venerate the sacred body of that blessed old man. As they clustered around the bier, They feasted their eyes on the wonderful appearance of Philip, which they wished to remember. And many there were who burst into copious tears and frequent sobs at the death of such a man, grieving bitterly at the loss of such a father. There was no one so unmoved that they held back from kissing his beloved hand with every sign of affection and touching his sacred remains with hands or rosaries. You could see the sacred body completely covered in roses and other flowers, but they were continually being taken away by the crowd and carried home out of love for him. The fathers could not get enough roses to deck him, but the number of those who came to take them away to cure their diseases. It was marvelous how everyone competed to be able to take even a scrap of his clothing, to retain a relic of that great man of God for themselves. And the fathers were quite unable to watch him with enough vigilance to stop things being taken away, as we discovered afterwards. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, choices of priests, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Why were the people kissing the hands of St. Philip Neri after he died? Well, the kissing of the hands of a priest is quite common in many countries. At least it was quite common until fairly recently. And where, where did this custom come from? And did St. Philip himself even like it? Well, we know from St. Philip's life that he generally did not let people kiss his hands. He used to kind of let his, he'd kind of ball up his hand in his sleeve. And when they tried to kneel down or kiss his hands, he would sometimes hit them with this the sleeve and tell them to get up, to get up. Although sometimes he, if he didn't want to hurt people's feelings, he would let them kiss his hand. But he wasn't terribly keen on it. But now that he was dead, now that his body was there, he couldn't stop people. The kissing of the hands of St. Philip was not primarily or solely because he was a saint or they thought he was a saint. This common practice of, of kissing the hands of a priest has to do with the Holy Eucharist. That when a man is ordained a priest, when he receives the power from Jesus Christ through the bishop, who was himself ordained or had hands laid on him by other bishops, who had hands laid on them by other bishops, who had hands laid on them by other, all the way back to the apostles, who themselves were ordained at the Last Supper by Jesus himself. Okay, so when the priest receives the sacred power of the ministerial priesthood, the priesthood of Jesus Christ, so that he becomes an instrument of Christ for transforming the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Christ at the mass. When the priest is ordained, not only are hands laid upon him, but his palms are anointed with sacred chrism because those hands will be used to hold the host, which will become the body of Christ and be and lifted up but also the hands of the priest will be used in confession, will be raised up over people. And he will give them the peace and pardon of Jesus Christ when he absolves them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The hands of the priest were also used to anoint many sick people. The hands of the priest are used to baptize children and adults. The hands of the priest are used to confirm. The hands of the priest are used even in the sacrament of matrimony as he joins two couples' hands together, as he raises his hands over them to bless them. And of course, the hands of the bishop are used to lay hands on the newly ordained men and the hands of the priests are themselves united, anointed with holy oil. So the hands of the priests are involved in every single sacrament. And the seven sacraments are the ordinary means by which Christ has willed to communicate to us the new life he won by his death and resurrection and ascension into heaven. The sacraments are the channels, the guaranteed channels by which 
the graces of our head, Christ the head, flow into the members of his church, the body. And in all of those sacraments, the priest's hands play an instrumental role. And anyone who's felt the peace of confession, anyone who's received the Holy Eucharist, feels a certain reverence for the hands of a priest. And this is what's so evil when a priest uses his hands for things that are unholy, when he uses his hands for things that desecrate the priesthood. That's why we have to pray for priests, beg God to have mercy on them. But what we see tonight is this reverencing of the priesthood, the reverencing of the gift that Christ gave to his church, a gift which is for the service of the faithful. The priesthood is not about being served, it's about serving. Just as a husband is given the grace at the sacrament of matrimony to lay down his life for his bride, a unique orientation. He's been given the grace to love this woman and to love her as Christ loves his church. So a priest is given the grace of his ordination to love the bride, which is the church, to share in Christ's love for the church. And so we pray for priests. We ask God to send us good and holy priests. But tonight is not just about the priesthood. Tonight's reading is also about one particular priest who transformed Rome. Or as he would probably say, don't say that. Don't say that, Father Michael. I didn't transform Rome. God transformed Rome, and he used me for a few things. Now, that's true, St. Philip. That's true. But look at all the people who came to see your body, from the highest cardinals to the lowliest people who are taking your, taking your clothes, snipping off stuff, taking the flowers, and everyone in between. Why did they all come? Why did they all visit? Why did the whole city seem to turn out? Why did everyone want to be there? Not to be seen, but because they somehow knew that St. Philip had been sent to them. This reaction of the city to his death is a sign that he is the apostle of Rome, the second apostle of Rome, that he had been sent to Rome in the 1500s like St. Peter had been sent there in the first century. St. Peter was sent to Rome to bring Rome to the Catholic faith, to bring them to the love of Jesus Christ. And when Rome needed a new apostle in the 1500s, God raised up St. Philip Neri. And the people of the city were touched in their hearts by this priest. And their reaction to his death is a sign that they understood that God had sent this man to them. Now, each one of us has a mission. Each one of us has a particular part of Christ's church, a particular part of the vineyard, which we have to look after. St. Philip had a kind of large part. He had a part of the vineyard which had huge ramifications on the whole church. And this is why we too love him still. But each one of us has to ask the Lord tonight to help us live out our baptismal priesthood to live out the grace of our confirmation, 
to live out our mission and to look after that part of the vineyard which we have been given the grace to look after. That's what we'll be judged on. Did we fulfill the tasks the Lord gave to us? Oh, St. Philip, pray for us. Pray for us that we will be faithful and persevere to the end. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.